This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. So a week or two ago, we talked about We Are the World because there's that new documentary on Netflix about the uh, 1985 super collaboration between some of the greatest artists of all time, all in a room being very awkward. <laughs> I think that's a good way to sum it up. Mark Knopfler, who was the uh, lead singer and guitarist for Dire Straits, has put together uh, for the Teenage Cancer Trust a single. I, I just want to, there's 60 plus people on this single. Right? Right. Work is featured on this. Bruce Springsteen, Slash, Eric Clapton, Ronnie Wood, Pete Townsend, Sting, Brian May from Queen, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd, Cheryl Crow, uh, Jonathan Kane, Tom Morello, Peter Frampton, Buddy Guy, Joe, uh, what, what? I always screw up his name. Bonamassa? Is that a, you know what I'm talking about, right? Keith Urban, uh, Steve Vai, Vince Gill, Sam Fender, uh, Andy Taylor from Duran Duran, Joe Walsh from the Eagles, Alex Leifson, the lead uh, guitar player for Rush, Dave Mason, Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. That's a really nice lineup. I mean, I, I mean that's a crazy amount yeah. of time and talent and bands and tours and you can just when you add that up, that's got to be hundreds of years. Yeah, you were you were twelve deep before you got to Tom Morello. I mean, that tells you that list is ridiculous. And by the way, that wasn't my bias. That was the article I'm reading. I know, from. I know. My bias would have put Tom Morello way lower than that. Oh wow, he just annoys me. Oh, you do it backwards. So like the best is no. it's like golf. No, I'd go Susan Tedeschi, Tom Morello. <laughs> <laughs> Hater, hater, Just hater, kidding. Hater. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this stuff still happens. Love it. You know, the difference is you don't have Michael Jackson yeah. and, you know, uh, Lionel Richie, the, the pop stuff. These yeah. are like your guitarist. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. amazing. Is a little Steven, guitar. Is a little Steven in there? Uh, Steven Van Zandt? Yeah. I, I don't think so, but you got Springsteen. You got Bruce, like, covered. <laughs> right? I think you're good. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're covered. I think you're good. Uh, anyway, it, they're, they're redoing a song called Hero, which has become like it, that was an original Dire Straits and Mark Knopfler song that's a big thing in his show that he does. Uh, and it's also played before every Newcastle United uh, FC game uh, as well. So uh, that's I just saw that. And I'm like, we talked about We Are the World. And would you ever see something like that ever again? Well, there you go, kind of. And for a good cause for yeah, kids with cancer. Teenage cancer, yeah, fund. Very great. Uh, Angela's in the studios. Hi, Angela. Hi, it's Friday. It is. It is. Um, Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay, what do you guys do? Well, we used to do party, but now it's just a family thing. Well, it's still a party. Yeah. You just don't have strangers. Right, and I don't plan it out like I used to. It's just kind of like, okay, what do we feel like eating? You go to the store? Yeah, we'll go to the store. We haven't gone yet because it's basically... Lindsay hates going this weekend because it's a bunch of men that don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And also... It it, it disturbs the flow. And they like right when you walk in, it's like, here are all the Doritos, (laughs) the soda. (laughs) I mean, it's like it's they've cut it down to the... Here's the big tray of stuff you don't have to do any work with. The meat tray. That's exactly right. Here's the veggie tray. That's what I feel like doing. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Go get a bunch of sushi. Uh, oh wow, going crazy! Sushi, I love sushi for the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be fun? That's some, so different. Do you get the uh, sushi at the store that they like make right there, mm, like in front of you and stuff? Well, yeah, it's it's hmm. good. Okay, it really is good. 
They have a whole station in Sam's Club it's where they make incredible Sam's watching okay, them. They I, make it Think right about what there. you just said. No, and, it's really good. Okay, now think. I, I just want you guys, as, as a person I, who thinks about this stuff. Um, the major bodies of water aren't here. Right. And, and you're describing them making it in a place where I buy my tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go, yeah. <laughs> they have their own culinary area. It's pretty cool. It is. Kroger also has one, at least by the airport. Mm. I, a lot of people love it. I, I'm knocking it. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but who knows? So sushi for the Super Bowl. I don't know what we'll do. Well, you've who already knows? thrown it out there. You might as well yeah. track it down. Yeah, you're in. I'm in. All right. Who are you rooting <laughs> for? Do you have a team? I, I like Kansas City. I've liked Kansas City. It's almost impossible to believe you time. couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I liked Kansas City before Patrick Mahomes. And then when they got him, I was like, this guy's going to be good. Was like, yeah. You were like back when Lenny Dawson was playing? I was one of those people. I mean, I'm a Bear fan. So, how, okay. of course, you have to have a backup. An AFC. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I would always root for the underdogs back in the 80s, and uh-huh. they were kind of an underdog, as the Saints were. And uh, so, I, I've always been kind of, and they became a powerhouse, and pretty soon going to be a dynasty. And, yeah. Okay. Now, so. here's the thing, though. Whereas, and, and I guess if you win enough in, in life, right, you become the villain. Uh, and certainly, you know, you know, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, they were very much the underdog. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the backup quarterback, guy had gone down. Uh, the, the St. Louis Rams were the, the fastest show on turf. You know, they had Kurt Warner, the guy from the grocery store starting. And then by the end, they were Darth Vader and the villains, right? Does that happen to Kansas City? Mm. I don't know. Uh, Bella, uh, Andy Reid's way more likable than, mm-hmm. than Bill Belichick. I don't yeah. think that matters at the uh, end. No, it, it does because Tom Tom Brady, it, while I like him, he's my maybe my favorite football player, one of the top three of all time. He wasn't extra likable. He's just really good. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is lovable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but I don't think Tom Brady's this. I, I think he's likable. I, I I think he's yeah, but he's not extra likable the way that Patrick Mahomes. He's endearing. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are endearing. So they can golly gee it for a few more years. More extroverted. Um, And it seems more transparent. It's not the Patriot way. There's not deflate gate. Back up. Nobody ever accused the Patriots of being a psyop that was existing (laughs) to rig an election. Well, we don't even need to consider those people. Yes, you do. The people that are like thinking that. Uh, Travis Kelsey's vaccination status turns the Chiefs into bad guys. Yeah, um, they can just be mad anyway. Okay, you're talking like that's two percent of the population. <laughs> I don't know what number it is. I don't know either, but it's larger than two percent. You think? Ah, uh, yes. That are mad at Travis Kelsey over getting the sh- the jab. Yes, the jab. It's the jab, right? Mr. Pfizer, please. Wasn't uh, if you're Pfizer get this- something? Well, yes, it's been around for a while. (laughs) I mean, the blue pills. Anyway, I I find them incredibly likable. I'm just saying, is there a point when you win too much where then it becomes like it's it's a jealousy thing? Yeah, you know, people shouldn't have that much success. I usually agree with Belichick played into that, but he's not the only. You can go. I think any dynasty, the Cowboys, you know, whatever it might be, right? If you win too much. You go from being the underdog you were rooting for to the, oh, well, they've just had too much success. To That's some. Just what yeah, people to some, do. for sure. To and some. It's how close together that success is as well. I well, mean, if it's the, dominant, if you're just Steelers like not won, giving anybody any opportunity. You know, the Steelers were first to six, and I don't think they're like hated. Mm-mm. I think they're pretty likable. But I don't know. Steelers? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just solid blue collar. Yeah. 
don't rile you up in either direction. They were correct. They're coaches like that. All right, I'm going to have to not you, but you. I'm going to have to pull an age thing. The Steelers were the dirtiest team in football. Jack Lambert and Mean Joe Green; those guys were not underdog lovable. But this, this, what she's talking about for the last Mike Tomlin's been their coach like 17 years. Right? How many Super Bowls? Two. Was it two? That they've won. Yeah, with with Big Ben. How long ago was that? Oh, five. Okay. So the, they're not on that list of too much success. I mean, it's been a long yeah, that's time. That's fair. Yeah. But in the 70s, that was not a likable no, team. No, 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 no. They're like the Pistons. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Or the running Rebs, uh, since we're talking Las Vegas. So maybe Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. And I know the rest of the NBA got sick of the Bulls, but the Bulls never really seemed like the enemies. They were no. just great and mm-hmm. able to do the thing. So you're, it's probably a likability mm-hmm. thing. It is a likability thing. We're, you know, But, yeah, some people will be tired of it. Astros. <laughs> mm? Used yeah. to like them, too. <laughs> All right. Hey, we've got a lot to get to. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We're really psyched. It's show and tell. We like to do this on Fridays where we bring something in. I I had to, um, it was so interesting. I had this memory of this thing that I had. And then I had this thing like, have you seen that? Do we know what, is that in storage? Did I make all this up? Yeah. <laughs> you ever right. go through those yes. real? Did yes. I dream it? Yes. And then Lindsay had like eight memories of where she thought she saw it. Oh man, I hate days like that. But then I she was just like, like adding that. to it. And I'm like, now you're just making it up. That's my worst kind of day. That <laughs> I, that is my worst kind of day where I chaining things together that may or may not be real. Clearly, oh. by by halfway through the search, I'm like, you're just putting stuff together. Yep. It so we're going through like crates in the garage and then up in the attic and and but I found wow. it. Wow. Oh, cool. Wow. But I found it. All right. That's amazing. And it was a Christmas gift in 1997. Oh, nice. That's awesome. From my mom. Cool. That's what, a good tease. What did you bring? Well, mine was a Christmas gift from this year. No kidding. Yeah. That my very thoughtful daughter, she's a very thoughtful gift giver. She gives that from her father. You know what? That's a great thing to have in life. That's, yeah. a, that's a great trait. I always have to go, Valerie, I need a thoughtful gift idea. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be like, all right. Um, so, yeah, that it is something I think that is passed down. I do not have it. I'm getting better. I'm learning. But, That's always uh, important. Yeah, I. It was hard for me to choose because I, there were some other things, but we'll I'll save that for other time. Okay. Well, we got plenty of time. So Fridays are show and tell. Yeah. Bring something you collect, something that means something to you, something. I, I, I don't think we reflect enough in life, you, you know, and, and that's okay. Uh, people who are successful kind of get the thing done and move on to the next thing and all that's great. But sometimes you got to go back and get a little nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what. I went way back. Way back to Christmas. Christmas this well, year. But nostalgia is nostalgia, <laughs> no matter what it is. But show and tell is show uh, yeah, and tell. Yeah, There's yeah. no time frame right. on it. Uh, all right, so we'll get to that in just a minute. You're a fan of the, the Chiefs in the 1980s. Can you name nope. a quarterback from the 1980s for the Kansas City Chiefs? 80s? Yeah. Uh, nope. See, uh, there was that was before Joe Montana. That was before Steve DeBerg. That was, Why'd that be before Joe Montana? Well, he was with the 49ers in the 80s. Oh, you mean before he went to the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. I, was okay. trying, I was trying to work backwards to see if I could get to it. <laughs> Lynn Dawson's before. That would so be I like the jumped. 60s. Yeah, that's a little bit before oh, my time. Oh, man. No. No idea. Uh, I, I don't either. Was Rich Gannon maybe there? I said Gannon, but, I, but I don't think he's, I don't think he was there during that time. Okay. 
Uh, 80s. The, I'm trying to think about 80s Chiefs, and I just I can't fill in any of the blanks. They had a running back, Christian McCoy. He was probably 90s. Yeah, I wasn't in the 80s. So the 80s, you can always tell by pictures because the sleeves <laughs> size <laughs> oh, on the jerseys. Factual. That is factual. Yeah. It's like down to their forearms, and it's about like this big, no matter how big they are. Yeah, don't try to give Shoulder me that fitting crazy. Jerry Rice jersey. I need those <laughs> bucket sleeves. Yeah. See, when, yeah. when I say they were underdogs, they were underdogs. They really were. Nobody knows anybody yeah. that played. Marcus Allen. No, that was later, too, I think. Uh-huh. I'm having a hard time pinpointing that team in my head. Derek Thomas was later. I just can't think of. I'd have to get a cheat. Todd Blackledge. <laughs> okay. Uh, hang on. In the 1983 NFL draft, they skipped over Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. Wow. To draft a guy named Todd Blackledge. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's the draft that people point to as the draft, and then '89 had like Barry Sanders and. But 83 was the quarterbacks. No, out. but I mean, in whose world? Right. In, in, in whose world? And you missed. Yeah, you, missed. you did twice. <laughs> yep, you missed. And then a guy named Bill Kinney from 1984 to 1987. And uh, 87. Oh, DeBerg was 89. Doug Hudson, Brody Croyle. Lord. No. <laughs> remember no. any of these people at all? No. <laughs> uh, Blackledge, I only know because of the draft, as him being a miss. Why is that name not like more well known? I, I mean, that's got to be like. I mean, we all know all the, the you know Brady going down to the yeah. Sam Bowie getting picked ahead of Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan yeah. Leaf over Peyton. Yeah. All right. Okay. Interesting okay. stuff. People just make dumb decisions at a corporate level all the time. Uh, um, Clark, I want to get into this real quick. She is uh, in a game now, going to break the all-time uh, scoring record for the NCAA. Yeah. However. Uh, I read an article yesterday that made the case that there should be an asterisk uh, next to this record oh. uh, because there was, before the NCAA didn't want women's basketball, Oh yeah, there is a player who scored more of those points before it was officially, I mean, in college, in basketball, before it was considered part of the NCAA. We hmm. deal with this in sports a lot before they track yeah. things, yeah. Um, all right, so... A huge fan, first and foremost. Uh, she's her grit, her fire, her she's just fun to watch and unbelievably talented. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't I, I say this only not as a way to demean her accomplishment at all. I mean, you know, her, she's playing by the rules that the NCAA puts out there. And she's gonna be barring like some freak injury or something, the all-time leading scorer. And when you think about that, when you're the all-time leading anything, that's an impressive feat. Yeah. And to do it with the style and the panache and the whole, she's just going to be, well, she, I, I, I don't think the WNBA needs to be transformed, but will she be a transformative player in the WNBA? Uh, you will see a spike when she goes to play for a while. Her home team will certainly see a massive, massive surge. She already does that at this level. So wherever she ends that's up. That's not a football state. That's what I'm saying. She will, she will minimally make her home team probably the most visited WNBA team and her away games will be will certainly see the effect. Okay. I don't think there's a question about that. I, I don't either. Yeah. So I'm saying will she be someone that like now you know, the sticky factor does she that plays for a long time. Yeah. Can, I mean can she be another stair step into getting, you know, equality and like fan base and money and all that? I would think that she would have tons of endorsement 
you know, potential and all of that. So imagine that she visits like Seattle or something and a kid gets to go watch her play and, and they go, man, mom, I had a really good time. We should do this more. Mm-hmm. And now they're a fan in Seattle or whatever that. Was, and you could probably do it way more affordable way more than affordable. all of the other stuff, it's right? It's manageable and it's right there. And then sometimes she'll come to your town. Yeah, I, th- I think she'll definitely have some some stickiness factor. Okay, so she needs to get to 3528. That's the uh the point total for um to to set the the all-time record. Uh but in the 1970s and early 80s there's a woman by the name of Lynette Woodard. Okay. Uh who had 3649 points uh over four seasons uh for Kansas, uh, yeah. the University of Kansas. Uh, but the NCAA doesn't recognize that mark because she played at a time when women's college sports had their own governing body, and the NCAA was actually fighting to keep women out uh, because, hey, what would men do in the 1970s? Uh, and so how do you balance that? Not Caitlin Clark's fault at all. Honor her record and uh, kudos and applause. But how do you leave this other lady out hanging out to dry? It's not a full story. We we dealt with that in baseball with, like, Satchel Paige, and and but that was like back in the forties. I know seventies and eighties. Yeah, that's that's hard to believe. But and not to say it was okay. I'm just saying that at least you kind of go, well, we're better people than we were in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Kind of hard to go. Well, we've evolved a lot since the eighties. <laughs> there's ways to reconcile or to honor it or, or to minimally acknowledge it. And I don't think Caitlin, well, that's why I just did this. Yeah, thank you. Uh, because I didn't know that story. Yeah, I didn't either. I read it in the Wall Street Journal last night because I I I I've become kind of a Caitlin Clark like yeah. fan just because You're not alone. I just think she's I don't know I, I special her vibe is just yeah. something that that I think is cool mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. And and I think that like in the NFL they always say you know sacks didn't used to get counted, mm-hmm. uh, but they will always point out hey. This guy is the modern oh, sack leader, look, but let's point our... We forget all kinds of stuff. The NCAA uh, outlawed dunks because Lou Alcindor was so dominant at UCLA right. that they they couldn't be beat. They just changed the rules <laughs> right. on it. Right. Right? Yeah. So it happens. All right. Show and tell. <laughs> then we'll get into some EDC in the next half hour. What do you have? Okay. From Christmas, from your thoughtful daughter, who's a, the most thoughtful gift giver of all time. She really is. She's given me a lot of thoughtful gifts. So yeah. I know you both are artists in different different ways. Well, Nick's an artist. I'm, I'm, uh... So my daughter is not an artist. However, she goes to U of I, and I don't know if I talked to you about this on air one time, but um, as you know, my, our dog passed last December. Okay. So not this December, last A year December. ago, right. So the, one of the last pictures Aww. she took was of our indie bull boy. Okay. This is a colored pencil drawing from a freshman at the University of Illinois in art. Isn't that amazing? It's she beautiful. saw She saw this on some kind of social media, and she reached out to her and gave her this picture. And she, I mean... I brought tears to my eyes. It was just, I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Oh, I should have gone first. Does. I absolutely should have gone first. I mean, <laughs> so she, I was like, what do I, do I want to take it to work? And I'm like, no way. Yeah. This is hanging up where everybody in my house can what see it. What was the it. dog's name? Indy. Indy. Okay. For what kind? A lab. Lab? Mm-hmm. Black lab. And he was 14. Did he wear the little handkerchief? He did. That picture you don't see is, those on collies usually, yeah. those borderline collies. He when he wore or kerchief. When he wore that bandana, you, he was like, 
Here, strut around. King of the know. castle. Yeah. King of the castle. I'm, I'm good. Look at me. That's great. So, yeah, when she, I, I just looked at her and I was like. Did the artist sign it? Yeah, but it's covered up. Oh, and, that's okay, but it's there. But, yeah, it's my screensaver on my phone. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Not my get, kids. Give me the measurements <laughs> of that before you leave. I'll cut you a new mat so you can see the signature. Okay. Yeah, I got. I think the board. mat. I don't think it, there is a mat, is there? Yeah. Oh, there is yeah. a mat. I'll, yeah. I'll cut it for you. Okay. Aw, that's nice. So yeah, I was just yeah. That's I'm, beautiful. I just I don't even understand how someone can have the eye that can do that shading yeah. and make it just look so real. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just. I don't get it. Also, that that's the kind of gift that when it's handed to you, it hits you right in your right stomach. Away. <laughs> right like, away. Right away. Because you Everybody like it so much. sitting there Christmas morning ball. Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. The tears. And then she saw me tearing up, so she starts tearing yeah. up. And I was like, okay, I got to put this away. I have an interesting question <sighs> about the, the hand-eye coordination thing. I, I read uh, recently... Uh, was it Rob Liefeld uh, who created Deadpool and, yeah. and all, he's retiring uh, and he's he's like my age right mid 50s mm-hmm. and he said he doesn't know how long the hand eye coordination will be there and I, I it, it was a weird thing to have said aloud because you think about the old masters and people that were painting yeah. you know I mean like into their 70s and 80s is that a thing I don't know I've, I've never, never heard an it. artist talk about that. I've never heard of that. Because he, yeah. I mean, he would be doing something very similar to yeah. that in the detail. You, it's you know? just crazy. The spe- so I have in in any sort of context, it's, it is thought that older people, even my age, consider myself older, can't compete professionally in like Call of Duty because of the speed <laughs> of our hand-eye coordination. Okay. <laughs> and we're talking about microseconds. Yeah. Not like you're walking around going, hey. But like that 16th of a second is the difference. And when you're drawing or painting, do you need a 16th of a second faster? I I just never heard an artist say that upon like kind of hanging up my pencils. Yeah, I've never heard Mm -hmm. that. All right. Moving over to the show and tell. In 1997, I got this uh, as a Christmas gift. What what would 1997 have been in the world of sports? Uh, well, the Bulls were going on their second three-peat. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I lived in Chicago. Yep. Uh, well, at least on a testimony, you can tell people yeah. where you were. I, I was not. in high school. I, yeah. <laughs> we can still identify where yeah. we were in 1997. I can remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's fleeting fast. No, I know. It does. Uh, so Tiger Woods uh, uh, entered the PGA and won his first Masters. Oh, nice. So we're kind of like April. Mm-hmm. You know, we're right on the cusp. I had the great pleasure last year of actually going to the Masters. Unbelievable experience. Lifetime uh, bucket list thing. And so I'm thinking about this the other day, and I remember, man, I, I, I remember getting a gift, uh, 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 which is this album, oh, and nice. this was, was put out in 1997, right? Mm-hmm. And it's called Champions of Golf, the Masters. Uh, oh, it's cards? And so it's cards uh, from 1934. But not normal size. Wow. From 1934, uh-huh. so you're going to see Byron Nelson, and you're going to see... Uh, Jimmy Demerit, and you're going to see Sam Snead, and you're going to see Ben Hogan. Wow. And all of the greatest golfers. Uh, uh, are they are, just picking all-stars or the winner? No, the winner of every year. Oh, that's a real neat thing. That's so cool. there's Arnold Palmer in 1958, right? Yeah. 
there's Arnold Palmer. There's Jack Nichols' first mm-hmm. win in 1963. So the front has a photo, their name, the year, yep. and then the back has a little paragraph or yeah, something. like cool. their, their stats. Yeah. And then in 1965 is the first color, color picture. Yeah, I was, was going to call that which out. Which is crazy mm-hmm. with Jack Nicholas. Uh, and then we get into Billy Casper, and you get into uh, Gary Player and Tom Watson, Raymond Floyd, who's been yeah. here and was on the show with us. Cool. Uh, from Decatur when they opened Red Tail Run. Mm-hmm. You know, that course was designed by him. And then you get into Fuzzy Zeller and Seve Ballesteros and Tom Watson in the 80s, uh, Ben Crenshaw, Nick Faldo, all the greatest, right? Uh, Freddie Couples, Ian Woosnam. But then that's Tiger Woods' rookie card as the winner of the 1997 Masters. Wait, what color shirt? Red? All is red. Well, that Nike deal came to an end. I know. Which is almost impossible to believe, right? I know. Some announcement Monday, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and he's he, playing in the Genesis or what? I don't know. He put some cryptic stuff up on, on X. Uh, but there you have it. Uh, so that album has remained untouched since 1997. That's awesome. Wow. And I looked online. The crazy thing is, now, if this was a Jim 10, uh, you know, Jim Mint 10, they're selling for thousands of dollars. It's not. But like this thing, which is just the, the pack opener, is going for like forty nine dollars. Nice, because everybody throws the stuff yeah. away. Scarcity. <laughs> so, so it was in the attic. Huh? Where did you find it finally? Well, it, Lindsay thought it was in a cabinet, <laughs> and I think it was in a cabinet, and that's where she remembered. But we'd put it in the attic, and so wow. she had all these disconnected things, and we found a crate that said like you know stuff stuff. <laughs> And it was in there. Brian's awesome. stuff. <laughs> That's fun. Especially now that you're really into card collecting and Yeah, this would have gone way back, you know, like literally. Uh, uh, and, and the crazy thing is I think they sold like these sets with like the album and everything. You could buy the box. Yeah. Like on one of those stupid like QVC kind of channels or whatever. Got some Jordan autographs off QVC. Did you really? Yeah. Absolutely. You have a few years to put in there. Huh? You have a few years to make up. Did they continue making them for a while? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Um, you, you know, I saw a couple of sets that were before Tiger Woods, but that was the big one because that was like officially when they didn't make a lot of golf cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't something like back in the right. 90s. That is officially considered to be his rookie card because he turned pro yeah. and then won immediately, you know, in April yeah. uh, at the Masters. A, remember watching cool. that? How big that yeah. was! You remember the cover of Sports Illustrated on the uh, on the seventeenth tee, I think, at, yeah. at Augusta, where it was, there was just tens of thousands of people lined down both sides of that very narrow fairway. Remember that cover shot? I absolutely, great. He was a phenomenon at that time yeah. that had never been seen in that sport. Yeah, and 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 probably hasn't since. Yeah, and and likely won't for some time. And and he changed. He, I mean, the players make what they make today because of him. Now, I mean, most valuable player in golf. It's not. It's a one person thing. It's um, Ben Tiger in terms of overall. It, it value has. Now you had to build it. I mean, Jack yeah. Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and all those guys built it to what it was, and then he took it to a whole other level. Well, and he also changed. Uh, the athleticism mm-hmm. of those the who go, yeah. Oh, go through that book. Oh, All yeah. All of it. You know, you the, just. You're not looking at Craig Stadler. <laughs> Ch- they called the him the thing. walrus for a reason. Right. I mean, he really did. Change the fandom, mm-hmm. the dress. And I mean, I did look. Yeah. Now, yeah. I got I mean, Arnold Palmer had a private jet. I mean, there was money in golf mm-hmm. uh, before, but it, it not 
professional sports money the way yeah. there was. And Tiger Woods did that for sure. I mean, not a doubt. To this day, all these years later, look at where we are, 1997 to today, if he's playing in that tournament, the eyeballs will be there to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and now 10th-ranked golfers in the world might have a uh, $100 million contract. Well, yeah, would live, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm saying like that's, but but it's been, but they'll make that they'll make a ton of money on the PGA mm-hmm. tour too. I mean, right. you, you you make a lot of money, yeah. uh, and, and so private jets are like everyone now. Uh, he modernized golf. Let's put it that way. And yeah. with the deal with Nike, I was really surprised to see that come to an end. You know, Michael Jordan still always had that, and I'm not. I think Michael's still the king of the mountain, right? Uh, because he's just in it's, everything. It's a one person mountain. Yeah, but I'm saying he's like it's not just basketball. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods has always been kind of just golf yeah and the number just... and but i think what he's doing uh, uh this is like lebron and Bronny. he's setting up the kid uh, i mean this next thing is going to be because his kid is an unbelievable golfer mm. so i think this next uh generation of this is all about that hmm. that's smart yeah and maybe their own collaboration you know the the, the world for athletes is very different today than it was in 1997 that's correct you know all right. Well, listen, enjoy your Super Bowl. You're right. going to root for the Chiefs, right? Yeah, but I, I also really like Brock Purdy because he's an Iowa State Iowa, guy. Iowa State. And just uh, look, I'm, I'm not... I've always liked Iowa State. So I'm just looking for a good, entertaining, close game where I can enjoy whatever happens. And, and I am exactly right there, and I'm not rooting against anybody. I'll, I'll be okay no matter what the outcome. Yeah. I think you guys are going to get that. I, I think so. it's going to be so... two teams scoring in the 20s. Oh, uh, Let's see. I think so. Angel, we'll see you next week. Thank you. I appreciate Have a great it. Week. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.